Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, y'all? This is Classified. This is Mocha Only. This is Sean Price. Yeah, Ghostface Killer. This is Quake Matthews. What's up, my brother Ali? Fight Diggy, Tribe Called Quest. Eloquent, man. What up, Styles Peter Ghost. This is Absol. This is K.O. And you listening to The Come Up Show, where that feel-good music lives. Hey. This is the show that you come up on, yeah. This is the spot that you come up strong, yeah. What's going on? Welcome to the Come Up Show podcast. Thank you for joining me. I'm Martin Bauman, and today my guest is one of Detroit's finest. Apollo Brown isn't trying to reinvent the wheel. As he'll tell you, all that matters to him is keeping the music he loves alive. And it's nothing short of remarkable that with all of the technological innovations of the past decade and a half, he's making some of the best music in hip-hop on software most people abandoned years ago. More on that later, though. When he's not behind the boards, the Grand Rapids native is thoughtful and down-to-earth. I caught up with Apollo Brown to talk about the importance of listening, not being put in others' boxes, finding inner motivation, and much more. Take a listen. Being that the Come Up Show is a Canadian hip-hop website and radio show, I'll ask something with a bit of a Canadian connection. What significance does Breaking Atoms by Main Source have to you? Uh, man, that was the... Uh was kind of the album that made me fall in love with hip-hop and um you know it's a great album one of the greatest albums of all time it's not my favorite album of all time but it was the most significant i think um more so because of uh looking at the front door um that song i don't know man i don't know what it was about that song but it just uh it just made me really fall in love with hip-hop man and um it kind of took me there it kind of it, it it was it was large pro going down a path where he was kind of sharing his life with people, you know, kind of delving into a bad situation at home, and and just kind of sharing his life, man, and and lets me know that, you know, this music has feeling, and um, there was just something about that album, and uh, it just made me uh, made me fall in love with hip hop, man. You know, it's funny it was it was back in those days of of, of like rap city when or Yo! MTV Raps, when they used mm-hmm. to actually play music on, on, t- on TV. Um, I didn't get introduced to the album until I saw the video, um, until I saw that video. And obviously, you know, the video probably came out uh, much later than the album did. But um, when I got introduced to that album, that, it, was, it was because of that video. And uh, I was probably in my living room, um, probably a, a VH, VHS tape in the, in the VCR, um, recording videos like I used to back in the day, <laughs> like a lot of us used to back in the day, and then uh, just watching them over and over, and you know uh, that's that's pretty much it, man. Nothing special, you know, no no special place in time, man. It was just uh, one of those things I used to sit by myself and do, and um, you know, yeah, I, I definitely wasn't hearing anything like that on the radio, not not where I'm from. I'm originally from Grand Rapids, so. Um, pretty much all that was on the radio was uh, was top forty anything. So um, you were definitely not hearing uh, like more of an urban radio. So it was uh, it was definitely TV. It was definitely probably in the living room by myself, Chandler. So you're taping uh, things like Yo MTV Raps and, and Rap City, or what? What kind of things were you taping? Uh, that that's pretty much it. I mean, because that was the music that I was following. You know, that was the music that I was really starting to get into, man, and um, the music that kind of. Uh, transcended man and 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 really like 
caught my uh caught my ear and caught my attention i mean i was exposed to a lot more um music growing up you know i come from a mixed family my dad's black my mom's white so i was exposed to his music my mom's music and just kind of a you know uh, just a collection of both uh growing up but when hip-hop started coming alive man and really started you know kind of shying away from some of the corny stuff to to more of the the rock hymns and the big daddy canes and um and, and and then you know obviously uh main source it just started letting me know that this is the music for me this is what i want to listen to this is uh what makes me actually want to pay attention so yeah i mean rap city rap city was big you know uh um you know yo mtv raps was obviously big and and those were things that kind of got more of the see back then it wasn't underground hip-hop it was just hip-hop and mm-hmm. those were the shows that got hip-hop to us listeners who you normally probably wouldn't hear it on the radio or uh or see it anywhere else i mean the internet wasn't popping at that time so um you kind of those were really only the out, the only outlets that you can really get good music or good hip-hop from so that was important those those shows were important so when they came on you always tuned in so this was uh, at the time you were, as you mentioned, you were living in Grand Rapids. That's right. Yes, sir. Tell me what it was like uh, being a kid, you know, uh, biracial family in Grand Rapids. Uh, tell me about the climate of what Grand Rapids is like. Not being a hip hop hotbed particularly, but what it was like growing up there, just being a kid there. Um, Grand Rapids was cool, man. It was it was one of those type of places that are it, it's really diverse. Um, one of the main reasons why uh, my parents wanted to to raise kids there. Um, very diverse. I mean, a lot of uh, interracial families, and um, you know, it wasn't quite as built up as it is now. But uh, it was a good place for schools, and you know, the school systems were good. And, um, you know, it wasn't there wasn't a lot of uh, a lot of crime or anything like that, and not, not too many things that you had to worry about. Most of us all, we, we, you went by school districts, so most of us um, walked to school with no problems. You know, everybody was outside playing and. Um, these were also the days of, you know, obviously before internet and before all the crazy gaming and stuff was going on, we were all outside playing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if we weren't listening to music, we were playing basketball or playing football on the street or, you know, walking up to the store to get candy or, or whatever. Um, it was just like any other city. Uh, as far as hip hop, it was more of a East coast type of city, you know, um, growing up there, most of the people in, 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 in Grand Rapids, listen to East Coast music. I mean, I, that's what I grew up on was more East Coast. I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't listen. You know, so the South wasn't really popping back then. You know, you had Ghetto Boys. You know, Outkast came later. But, um, you know, it was more of an East Coast thing. Uh, a lot of people, you know, listen to Wu-Tang. A lot of people listen to Gangstar, you know, Mob Deep, M.O.P., stuff like that. So it was really, really a, a, an East Coast-influenced uh, city. Uh, the way we dressed, we wore Thames and bubble jackets and you know big jeans and you know stuff like that man so it was just it was kind of an east coast influenced city um but yeah it was there was nothing different besides that you know uh you know versus any other city as far as your family goes what sort of a precedent was there for you growing up and being a musician do you have a either your parents come from musical backgrounds either they don't play instruments or anything of the sort do they sing <laughs> not at all man my <laughs> parents are not they're not uh, musically inclined at all. Um, 
neither one of them. I mean, my dad can hold a tune, you know, but they they like music, but it's more of a surface thing, like most people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of a surface, you know. We they like what they like, and my dad, my well, my dad collected vinyl, and um, he had his favorites, and uh, he he kind of introduced me to uh, rappers to like stuff like that, and. Um, but I wouldn't call them both either. You know, they're not music heads or anything. Um, I don't know of any musicians that are in my entire family. Um, it, it's it's uh, it's kind of something I just got into uh, without the uh, influence of family members. So, um, nah, yeah, they they didn't really have that on me. I mean, I they they exposed me to music, of course, uh, and 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 their brands of music and and their particular favorites and and the music that they would listen to on a regular basis. But yeah, it was, it was pretty much, uh, I would, I would say it's, it was pretty, pretty shallow as far as, uh, you know, music was concerned. They didn't really go deep with it. Tell me about your first foray into production and beat making. Huh. Um, trying to say, let's see, 1996, I'm guessing somewhere around there, uh, probably late 1996. Um, I was best friends with who is now uh, Brian's Nazareth. Um, back in those days, I called him Justin. Mm-hmm. He called me Eric. <laughs> yeah. Um, he 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 actually put me onto it. So he was he was he got the um, he got a pre bought a program and started doing it. And then I got interested and I was like, Yo, what is that? What are you doing? And um, you know, he kind of helped me get onto it and um, showed me some of the ropes and. Um, then we started doing it together. It was, this was back in high school. So, you know, and, um, started just, just making beats, man. And not really, I wouldn't even call them beats really. It was just something we were just kind of manipulating sound, man. And, um, coming up with something that actually sounded decent. You know what I'm saying? I still have all my old first beats and, and, you know, so every now and then I'll go back and listen to them and, you know, they sounded decent. They didn't sound bad. You know, I mean, obviously the quality wasn't there, but um, just something that I think if you, you kind of are what you listen to, so, you know, where your interests lie, that's kind of where, you know, or, or the type of music that you, you're going to, you know, aspire to make. So um, I think because, you know, we had good ears and we knew what we liked, um we kind of knew what we were going for when we were making something. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty much it. I mean, then it just kind of went from there. As of 2012, your production setup revolved around Cool Edit 2000. You had an HP desktop computer. Uh, has that changed at all? And if so, how much of that has changed? No, I still have all that stuff, man. Um, I definitely still have, <laughs> have all that <laughs> No, I, I, I added to it. You know, I've added to it. I have a, a Roland XP50. Um, I have a machine. Um, I have, you know, different things that I would, that I that I supplement, you know, and, and add to it. Um, but I would say that the uh, the main platform that I use is, is, is Cool Edit 2000. So that's still the backbone for you. How come you continue on with that particular program? Um, more so just because if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, um, it's going to be broke here in the next couple of years, though, because XP is the last <laughs> it's the last operating system that it, that it uh, is compatible with. So uh, I'm going to have to start, you know, doing something different. I'm going to take a, take a little hiatus, man, and learn something new. But 
um, that's why I have the machine too. So, you know, I'm probably the machine will probably end up taking over full time. Um, from cool edit, but you know, my whole thing is, man, it's, I, I do things a really weird way. And, um, the way I make music is, is really unorthodox and I wouldn't, um, I definitely wouldn't, you know, recommend it to anybody, but it's the way I know how to make music. You know what I'm saying? And it's one of those things where, you know, I know it like the back of my hand and it's not broke yet. So it, it sounds decent. I know how to manipulate it on, on blown speakers and an old computer. And, uh, I know how to make it sound good. Um, when it comes to getting on stage and playing in the big speakers or playing in the headphones or, or whatever, I know how to mix on that. So, um, it's just one of those things that just, I don't know, man, it, it, it once it's, uh, I guess once it's obsolete, man, it's going to be time for me to change. But right now, I'm just going to kind of ride it out. Where does the production process start for you? You mentioned it's a, it's a little unorthodox process that you have. Does it start with a, a drum that you then find something to lay on top of that? Or is it vice versa? Or, or what sort of uh, piece of hardware are you starting with to, to build whatever production you're making? Well, I like to start with my drums, man. That's that's My drums are like a skeleton, man. I like to start with my drums. And it's kind of like a body. Um you just kind of pile on, you know, you start with the skeleton and then you pile on the muscles and then the tendons and then, you know, eventually you pile on the skin and the hair and and then you put some clothes on it. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. kind of like that, you know, and um, I, start, I start with the drums, man, and I use my drums as a template and then I just kind of go from there. Um, I have a hard time doing a sample first because I, I, I base my sample off of how my drums sound. So, um, if I'm doing a, if I'm chopping a sample first, it just doesn't feel right. You know, it doesn't, it 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 doesn't feel right, man. When I'm doing that, and and then lay drums over it, it just doesn't. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I I really have to, I have to make my sample feel, uh, or or align with my drums, man, in the same feeling. So, um, I definitely always start with my drums first. Is there any sample? or any artist that you would not sample at this point that, that they've become too played out for you to sample or where do you draw the line or is there a line for you? Um, there's definitely a line. I mean, it's not more so because they become played out because I'll sample anything as far as I don't, I don't care if it's been sampled 20 times. I'm going to try to sample it and flip it a different way. Um, it doesn't matter to me who else has sampled it. I don't care. Uh, you know, there's certain samples I won't, you know, certain things that I won't do like, um, you know, classic songs and hip hop and stuff like that, you know, like Troy, mm-hmm. you know, or 93 to infinity or, you know, stuff like that. Like I won't, you, you know, you don't touch that stuff. I'm not touching those, you know, mass appeal. And I'll definitely, I'll never touch those samples ever in life. But I mean, but there's certain things that, you know, I don't, there's, there's, there's a lot of samples or artists that I won't sample, not because it's played out, but for different reasons, mm-hmm. um, for more, you know, other reasons but uh ah, man there's really no boundaries man as far as you know as long as you 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 can sample it and make it your own um i don't care if other people sample the samples that i sample like i don't that doesn't bother me if you sample something that i already sampled more power to you just make it your own and you know kill it you know what i'm saying like i don't care you know it's not a not really about that for me man it's just kind of sampling something that has the feeling that I'm looking for and, mm-hmm. and making it into a good song. Has there ever been a case when somebody 
samples the same piece of music that you've sampled and you can't figure out how they've taken that sample that you took and flipped it into whatever they've created? Uh, I'm sure there is. I mean, there's a lot of beats out there that I wish I made. <laughs> and there's beats out there that, oh, yeah, man, of course. There's definitely beats out there that you wish, man, yo, I wish I made that, you know. And um, there's definitely people out there who, who sampled something that I've sampled. Case in point, like, I sampled this joint for the Left Out album, um, for the Gas Mask album, mm-hmm. years back. And uh, Alchemist sampled the same sample. Like, he, he, he chopped up the same sample. On a uh, on a different joint for the Step Brothers joint, and uh, I was just like, God, like, damn, like, yeah, I just I love the beat that I made, mm-hmm. but then I heard his, and I'm just like, yo, it's completely different, same sample, completely different, and it just it's beautiful, man. It's an, it's an amazing beat, and it's just one of those things where you just like you're like flabbergasted for a minute, like, damn, well, why didn't I sample it like that? But mm-hmm you got to realize like, I mean, you're different. You sample it different. Like it's, you, you hear things different. It's all about the ear. So, um, but yeah, it, it happens all the time, man, that type of stuff. And, but there's always beats out there that you wish you made. You hear somebody come up with something and you're just like, man, I wish I made that. Why didn't I make that? Like another, another case in point, like, uh, the joint 76 rock Marciano. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard that sample so many times. I've heard that times that are growing that thought to sample that. And I'm my life that I think to sample that. And I was like, oh my God, why didn't I do that? I used to listen to that song all the time. And uh, I had to call him up and just like, yo, man, you blew my mind with that. Because I, I listened to that original song all the time. And, you know, growing up, it was a song that my mom used to play. And, um, it's I never it never struck me to sample that, hmm. but um, yeah, man. I mean, it happens. Definitely happens. I want to get into some pearls of wisdom with you. This is number one here. These are things that I pulled quotes that I've pulled off of, whether it be from your Twitter or your Instagram or whatever the case. Uh, if we get some more in depth on these pearls of wisdom, first one: the best thing you can do is sit back and observe. Can you build on that? That's the thing, man. You don't you don't know anything. You'll never learn anything unless you watch other people do it, or unless you hear other people do it, or or see other people do it. Man, you got to sit back and observe. You know, if you're talking all the time, or you know, always the one trying to do something, but you don't know what you're doing. You know, it's probably gonna you're probably gonna get it wrong, man. You're probably gonna there's something that's gonna go wrong. You got to sit back sometimes, man. Uh, sometimes to be a good leader, you got to be a good follower, and that's kind of where that comes from, man. It's like it, uh, yeah, we all want to be leaders, but to be that good leader, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be a good follower, man. You gotta, you gotta lose sometimes to really know what winning feels like. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of where it comes from, man. Just, you just gotta sit back and observe. All right. Here's another one. Uh, some people will only love you as long as you fit into their box. Don't be afraid to disappoint. That's the truth. I mean, um, you gotta do you. You got to make the music that you want to make for yourself, man. You can't, I get, I get suggestions every single day of what I should do or what kind of music I should make, what beat I should make or who I should work with, you know, what I should title my album, you know, anything. And I get suggestions every day from people uh, and and you can't please everybody. You'll never be able to please everybody. Um, Even if you try to change your style up and, please that one person or please those few people who are, who are su- making suggestions. 
now you just disappointed a whole slew of people that were depending on what you usually make, you know, and it's, it's, uh, it comes down to just making the music you want to make and hoping that people will love it and, and hoping that people will accept what you're trying to do um, and, and not making it for anyone else and, and feeling it, man. I can never make something that I hate. I can never make something I don't like. I can't work with an artist I'm not a fan of. You know, I can't, I just, I can't do any of that, man. I just have to, I got to be true to myself. Make the music I love. You know, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. You know, everything that I do has been done before. That's fine. It's been done before. I'm not doing anything different. All I'm doing is I'm just trying to preserve the music that I love. That's that's all it is, man. I'm just trying to preserve the music that I love and the music that I love listening to and love making. And, and you know, I'm not making anything new. No new genres. You know, I'm just doing what I love to do. So hopefully there's a group of people out there that love it too. That's it. This is what I really like. Uh, people aren't worried about how you're doing they're worried about how you're doing compared to them. Can you tell me about that? Very true, man. You know, I got I got that quote actually from uh, from Odyssey. Okay, Odyssey yeah. said that. Yep, Odyssey said that, and um, and I was just like, yo, that's so true, man. It's like people will they'll hit you up, and you know, they'll they'll try to try to pry into what's going on with you, um, and and they'll congratulate you and they'll wonder how you're doing and whatever, whatever. And then they'll pry a little bit more just to make sure you're not doing better than they are <laughs> or, or, you know, not to, they'll be like, yo, how many albums did you sell? Or how much money did you make? You know, or whatever. And they're all great and dandy, you know, if you made less than they did mm-hmm. or if you sold, sold less units than they did. But as soon as you tell them that you sold more, which I don't discuss that type of stuff anyway, but still it's like, People always want to know how you're doing compared to them. It's, they don't care how you're doing. They just want to know how you're doing compared to them. And uh, that's the truth. It's sad but true, man. And I mean, that's the kind of the way of the world. It's not just hip-hop, man. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of everywhere. Here's another quote. I believe that we are who we choose to be. Nobody is going to come and save you. You've got to save yourself. Nobody's going to give you anything. You've got to go out and fight for it. Nobody knows what you want except you, and nobody will be as sorry as you if you don't get it. So don't give up on your dreams. The truth again, man. I mean, you got to go get it. If we live in a society right now, especially in music, especially in hip-hop, where you can't sit back and wait for somebody to come sign you or somebody to come, you know, uh, discover you or, you know, you can't wait. Nobody's going to discover you if you're sitting in your bedroom. You know what I'm saying? Like, or, or your homemade studio or wherever you're at. Nobody's going to discover you anymore. You got to go get it. You have to, you know, go hard on your social media. You have to, you know, hit the streets. You got to show your face at events. You got to travel. You got to go to different, you know, networking uh, events around the United States or the world or wherever you got to go. You got to go get it. You got to meet people. You, if you, if you, there's certain labels or certain producers you want to work with or, or MCs, you got to go get it. Hit them up. You can't wait for them to come to you because you think you're dope. They might not even know who you are. It's all about exposure. If, if you could be the greatest MC alive, the greatest producer alive. You could be. You can have the greatest album ever made ever in hip hop. But if nobody knows about it, it doesn't matter. Like it's all about exposure and it's all about getting yourself out there. But it's you getting yourself out there. You got to do it. And um, you know everybody needs help. 
Everybody needs help. Nobody does it by themselves. You know, you can't get from A to Z without all the rest of the letters in between. And that's just, that's the truth, man. And But you got to go get it. You got to go get it. It feels like often people see, they only see the end result. They don't see all the work that goes into the end result when you finally have gotten whatever you're seeking to get. Uh, what was your your journey like? What was that process like? Some of the some of the work that you had to put in. I mean, you know, just like any other producer, man, or, or or artist out here, I had to put in a lot of pro bono work. You know, doing things and not getting paid for it, doing shows and not getting paid for it, giving beats away. You know, um, just putting things out there to try to just get my name out there. Um, traveling to different cities to do a free show. Um, traveling to different studios to give away free beats, man. A lot of it was pro bono. Um, and just, you might spend money to do something. Like, I'm a big advocate of, you know, I don't think you should pay to, you should never pay to play, ever. I don't care who you are or what, mm -hmm. it, you never pay to play. This is your art, you know what I'm saying? Never pay to play. If you do it for free, cool, but never pay to play. But you might spend gas money to get there. You know, you might, uh, you know, spend money on a hotel or, or a motel or whatever you got to do or stay at a friend's crib and, you know, chill on the couch or, or whatever to uh, to do what you got to do. But, um, I mean, I think we all kind of put in our dues, man. I think uh, anybody who's been in this for at least, you know, five to ten years or whatever has, has put in their dues, man, to the point where they can start commanding things and start commanding a little bit of respect, a little bit of uh, – a little bit of pay, and and especially if you're good at what you do, but I, it's it's more for for me. It's just been you know putting in my work, um, you know, as far as per, you know, just free free stuff, man, and and giving away, you know, just doing the pro bono work that that's necessary to get your name out there. Do you feel that there's a confusion that people make these days between? Uh, I guess what you might call the Twitter hustle and, and actually going out and doing uh, work on the ground? I mean, there's, a, there's obviously a big difference. And, and I think people have gotten lazy these days. Uh, it, the whole social media aspect makes it so easy to uh, to become somebody. And, you know, back in the 90s, you know, you literally had to travel. You had to go places. You had to get out of your house. And, and actually go places. Now you can sit on Twitter, you can sit on Instagram, you can sit on Facebook, and you can literally have a career that way. That's the crazy part to me, is you can have a career without leaving your living room. Mm -hmm. You know, you can make a few beats and or, or write a few rhymes and have a career without actually leaving your living room. That's just nuts to me. But um, I just think that people are getting lazy, man. I think people aren't doing the work. Um, I think... You know, one of the things that I, I have to do, man, and when I make an album is we, we got to get in the studio together. I don't do email albums. You know, I don't do, I might send you some beats so you can write to them, you know, but as far as recording and, and making an album, we got to get in the studio together. Whether I fly there, whether I fly you out, whatever, we got to at least uh, spend a week and get in the studio and, and, and vibe out together. That's how you know it's organic and natural. You know, that's how you know it, it, you know, you're vibing out, man, and you can feel each other's, you know, kind of chemistry, man, and, and people just don't do that no more. Um, 
people don't do a lot of things anymore. And I think the internet has kind of made us lazy and it's kind of, it's a gift and a curse. Obviously it's put us out there. Obviously the internet has made it so we can get our music uh, to the masses a lot quicker and, and easier, but it's also made us very lazy, man. So uh, if you go on Twitter hustle, man, make sure you on you, 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 um, you hit the pavement too. You know, I Twitter hustle a little bit, but I hit the pavement as well. You know, so I think you should combine the two. On the subject of getting in the studio with artists and collaborating with them, we haven't spoken about your album yet, Grandeur. Uh, I'm curious, you know, you've you've got all these artists on this album. Is there a moment that sticks out to you that you'll remember of being in the studio with, with any of the artists that you have on this album that you'll remember being particularly special? Well, see, that's the one album that was pretty much impossible to get in the studio <laughs> with all the artists. Yeah, I, I mean, there's there's literally like 35 artists on this album. So um, getting in the studio with these artists is, I mean, I've been in the studio with, with a lot of these artists at, at certain points in time, but for this particular album, nah, man, that, that, that was kind of, uh, that was kind of impossible, especially since uh, I just had a daughter and um, I wasn't trying to leave anywhere and um, other people got their lives as well. So it was more of just a waiting game for that album. That album took about six months to do. And, um, it was more of a send out and get back type album versus getting in the studio, man. And what was your impression from doing it? Being somebody who's used to getting in the studio with artists, uh, to do it a little differently this time. It was weird. I mean, to be honest, man, it was really weird. Um, because, it's one of those things where you, you're working with artists that you don't have to babysit, of course, and you're working with artists that, you know, you have the utmost respect for and, and these these artists that you know, you, you kind of know in your head what the outcome's going to be when you get the music back, but you don't really know, man, until you get the music back. So you're kind of waiting, you know, versus being in the studio, you're hearing it firsthand and you're like, yeah, that's what I want. Or... You can you can make changes right there. Be like, yo, give me just a little bit more enthusiasm on this one part, or change, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, in the studio, you can do that. But you know, when you're not in the studio, you're just kind of hoping that what you get back is going to be what you're hoping for. And and I got lucky. I got really lucky that most of the stuff I got back was, you know, what I was expecting, um, if not better. So. It, it was really weird to do it that way, but I, w I got lucky. I got really lucky. So and a lot of people don't. You know, you might get something back that's like, ah, oh, man, what is this? And then you, you you discuss it with that artist, and you're like, ah, I'm not really feeling this, and it's going to take another three weeks to get it back if they do it again because they got to get back in the studio. And then this is it's a hassle, but I got really lucky, man. The artists I work with and, I, you know, past and present tend to be those that – uh are very professional and they, they know how to do their job, man. And it just so happens these are the artists that I'm a fan of. So, you know, it's cool. It was weird. It was weird. It was cool, but it, it was weird. But uh, it, it turned out great. One artist that you have on the album, Sean Price. Yes. What made him unique as an artist? Man, P was, um, man, he, he uh, one thing with, with P is you, you went to him for a, for a particular reason. You know, you knew what you were going to get. You knew exactly what you were going to get. So if you had a certain beat or a certain uh, song and you're like, yo, I got to get, I got to get Sean P on this. Like, um, 
you knew exactly what you were going to get. You were going to get rah rah. You were going to get braggadocio, um, and and then you were going to get a little bit of comedy mixed in. And uh, you know, I don't know. That dude was he, he was he was amazing to me, man. He was he was one of them them artists that he commanded your attention no matter what. It was crazy. Like everybody used to always. You, you would you would skip to if you, you saw Sean P was on a verse somewhere or on a song or you would skip to that song because you wanted to hear that first. You know, I want to hear what he said. And um, he was just he was dope like that, man. And he's been around for a long time. And but his just his 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 braggadocio was just on point, man. Nobody can nobody can do it like him. You know when it came to that. So um, you know he put a good verse down on my on my album as well and. My last album, he put a couple good verses down, and um, he's just, uh, I don't know, he was, he was just a dope MC, period. Like, a, just a dope artist all around, and um, a real cool dude. Rest in peace to that guy. What about off the mic? What what sort of uh, memories will you have off of the mic of him? Um, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I have too many memories off the mic with him. You know, I've only kicked with him a couple times, man, and, uh, you know, I kicked it with him out in Denmark. And uh, I kicked with him in New York. Um, but, you know, he just struck me as a funny guy, man. He was, he was, the stuff he would say to other people, man, it's just, it was was hilarious, man. It just made me laugh every time. And um, he was just a cool dude, um, you know, overall. I mean, he's one of those kind of guys that you definitely want to be on his good side. And um, when you're on his good side, he got your back. And, you know, uh, talking to him on the phone and stuff, man, he was just, He's just a funny guy, man. Um, but as far as like, you know, crazy in-depth memories, man, I don't have any. You mentioned Denmark. Uh, you you just did a European tour earlier this year. You were out there. Uh, tell me your impressions. Uh, places that you went that maybe you haven't been before, or or the 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 thing that you'll remember most from that tour. Um, that tour was was it eighteen eighteen uh, eighteen shows. That tour was me and Razzcaz and Rapper Big Pool. Um, I go out to Europe a lot. So, um, this particular time, I think the only place that I didn't, uh, I haven't been to before was, uh, Italy. That was my first time in Italy. So, you know, it was a pretty good impression. I mean, the, 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 the crowd was crazy and the people were crazy and, you know, it was a great response for the music that we played. So I have no complaints. I never have any complaints when I go over overseas, like the crowd overseas is, it's it's a whole different type of ball game, man. And you know, the they, they love the music, they love the artists, they love everything about it, man, and they show up and support and um whether it's just coming to the shows or, or merch. Merch is always gone when I leave home or when I come back home from uh from Europe and you know, uh, Europe is amazing, man, every place that I've ever been to. So I gotta go out to uh Australia um, at the end of uh, September, and I'll be out there for two weeks as well. What's number one on your list of places you haven't been yet that you want to perform a show? Uh, Asia. I haven't been to Asia, man. Um, I would love to do Japan. You know, they love hip-hop, so um, I would love to do Japan, man. That's one of the places that I, I aspire to be very soon, very, very soon. All right, I asked you at the beginning if uh, if you could name five people, past or present, you could have a conversation with who those people would be. Have you have you thought of any names in the meantime? 
I've tried to, man. I've tried to. <laughs> I've tried to think. I've tried to think of a few. Um, I mean, first and foremost, James Brown. Um, James Brown, man. He's come on, man. He's the greatest of all time, and uh, I would love more than anything to uh, to see a James Brown show just once. Mm-hmm. Um, he was. He was. God, man, he was mad. I mean, that's, that's where the Brown comes in my, in my comes from in my name. Um, just a tribute to James Brown, man, and he uh, he made the most amazing music. He was the greatest entertainer alive, and and well, at that at, at that point in time, and um, the music he made was just man. You could his band, and and I mean, they could they could just they can go on for an hour straight with one song if they wanted to, and nobody would turn it. You wouldn't turn it off. Mm-hmm. You would just you would just keep jamming with them. It's crazy. Like the energy that he had was just nuts, man. Um, so I would love to sit down and talk to him, man. Just pick his brain, and you know, um, I'd love to have a discussion with Steve Perry, um, from Jeremy, mm-hmm. from from, uh, from Jeremy. Um, I don't know, man. It's my favorite. It's my favorite band. So, um, I would love to sit down and talk to him about him leaving the band and, um different things like that and the music that he made and he made a lot of heartfelt music so and wrote a lot of heart, heartfelt songs and uh he has great counter melodies when it when it comes to singing and when it comes to the the music that was being played and what how he sung over it like how he came up with those counter melodies were just amazing um who else probably marvin gay mm-hmm. marvin gay was a genius um not only in singing but in production and in the way that he did things and, and and his life was you know it was it was different but it was just the music that he made was so heartfelt man and he didn't care what anybody what, what anybody else thought you know he made what he wanted to make and um it always turned out to be something that people can feel and it always turned out to be something that was very relatable um Let's see, uh, probably Isaac Hayes, one of the greatest composers of all time. Mm-hmm. Isaac, Isaac Hayes is, man, um, I mean, you can't even, he made some of the most amazing music ever. Um, you know, anything that he did following Burt Bacharach, um, he always did better than Burt Bacharach. <laughs> but it was like, this dude is uh, this dude is amazing, you know. And then he had his little short stint as a movie, you know, in the movie career, Truck Turner and stuff like that. But um, as far as his music, though, uh, again, heartfelt man. I'm all about music that has feeling, all about music that has great melody. I'm, I'm a very melody driven producer, mm-hmm. um, not just not just sounds. And he always had great melodies, man. And you know, his his uh, chord progression and stuff was just amazing, on point. Like I put him in there with like. You know, obviously him and Barry White, David Axelrod, and, um, you know, just just something that uh, I don't know. And then I would say um, the other two I've already met and talked to, so um, but I would love to continue talking to them and and getting their point of view on things and picking their brain and and that would be DJ Premier, mm-hmm. which is my my idol you know the goat for me the greatest of all time um there's no other producer that 
has moved me the way that that that, that guy has. I mean, his beats are stupid, um, and and just his path in music, you know, is something that I would love to aspire to, you know, aspire to. Um, so that's Premier and um, and Bob James. Mm-hmm. Bob Bob James, man, I've I've had a conversation with Bob James. Um, my dad went. To, my dad surprised me with some Bob James take Bob James tickets uh, about two years ago. We went to go see Bob James live, and uh, that was one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had in my life. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard Nautilus live, but dude, amazing man, Westchester lady live. I mean, that dude, he's one of the most influential musicians ever. One of the most influential musicians on hip hop. Um, and probably the greatest composer of all time. Bob James is amazing, man. Um, so to, so to sit and talk with him and, you know, it was brief, but, you know, I hope to uh, have another discussion with him and just kind of sit and talk and pick his brain some more. Um, but yeah, that would be my five right there. I think that's a worthy five. I'd say so. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate, appreciate you thinking of those names. Uh, it's, it's an interesting thought process anyway. I like to, I like to get that from other people and it's interesting to hear. Yeah, no doubt. doubt. Uh, any last words from you? Anything I haven't asked you yet? I mean, you know, just, just, uh, you know, telling people to, yo, check me out. Anything with the name of Paula Brown on it, man. Uh, the, the new Granger album, you know, that comes out September 25th. Um, it's the uh, it's the compilation album that everybody's been wanting me to do, and I finally did it, and uh, I hope everyone enjoys it. And um, Twitter at Apollo Brown, Instagram at Apollo Brown, Facebook Apollo Brown, and uh, yo, just uh, check me out. Thanks, appreciate your time. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate the questions, definitely. Well, there you have it. If you enjoyed the podcast, make sure you subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a rating while you're at it. You can also follow us on SoundCloud, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search The Come Up Show. SwimbyTheComeUpShow.com for all our podcasts and interviews, plus new music, new videos, concert reviews, columns, all that good stuff. Once again, I'm Martin Bauman. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. (laughs) 